welcome to the Live Healthy with Laura podcast, where being healthy no longer has to be so hard and dieting and restricting and stressing every day. Yeah, those are things of the past. Allow me to help you dive into freedom and apply simple, practical strategies to your life that will help you become the happy, healthy, and vibrant person you have always dreamed of being. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Live Healthy Floor podcast. Today, y'all are in for a treat. We are talking to a Dr. Angela Bell. She is a board certified physician, a certified sleep specialist, a speaker, an author, and founder of Solution is Sleep LLC. So as someone who formerly suffered from insomnia herself, she understands the transformative transformative power of good quality sleep and how obtaining this regularly can lead to a happier, healthier, and more productive life. She has been featured on, get ready guys, she's been on everything from Dr. Phil, ABC News, and WGN Television, spreading her message about the power of good sleep. She also regularly contributes to a number of print and online publications. She helps overwhelmed workers beat burnout and build resilience while increasing productivity and engagement through better sleep. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Bell. So nice to meet you virtually and have you here. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Any chance I get to talk about sleep, I am for it. So I'm excited to dive in. Yeah. And I, you know, I really want to, I love people's stories. I love journeys. I love to hear like what led you to where you are today. I hear, and I've read and I've learned about you a little bit that you had insomnia, but can you like elaborate a little bit more about what really brought you to this place and why you're so passionate um, about sleep? Yeah, definitely. So I am someone who has always had a deep and loving relationship with sleep, I call it. So I've always needed more <laughs> sleep than everyone else. I always got that sleep. My growing up, especially as a teenager, my friends knew, don't call me before noon. I'm probably sleep <laughs> like it, it was a thing. Um, but as I started to go through our medical training, medical school, but really residency, I started to suffer from insomnia. And initially it was seemingly not having time to sleep, right? So working 80 hours per week and, you know, busy all the time at different levels. Yeah, a lot, right? But then even when I had time to sleep, I just seemingly could not sleep. And honestly, it was one of the most frustrating experiences I've ever had, Mm. you know, Mm. despite everything else that I've gone through. And so it started with my own quest to fix my sleep because I was Mm -hmm. very much so a worse person because of it. I was stressed all the time, anxious, Mm. tired, fatigued, not enjoying life. (laughs) Right, irritable. Exactly, irritable, all the things. And so I started to read every single book there was on sleep. I started to volunteer in the sleep clinic in my hospital and then really fell in love with sleep and, and understood that it was more than just feeling rested. Like it really is such this restorative process um, that is so vital to, you know, every facet of our functioning. So I started to put the techniques that I was learning into play in my own life. And I saw my sleep life and my really my whole life change for the better. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to help other people do the same. So it started with some friends, family, then patients. Then started a blog in residency about sleep because I was like, I have to let people know about this. People don't understand how important this is. Right. Um, and then it kind of just grew from there. So my passion for it comes from my own suffering. Like I've been there. And honestly, that is literally one of the most frustrating feelings I've ever had. Yeah, we can relate. Like the reason I'm a holistic nutritionist is because I hit 
rock bottom with anorexia and having such a toxic relationship with my body and food. And like, once I found healing, you know, you, you find that passion for it yourself and then you want to share it with the world. So I love that. Um, and did I, you're a pediatrician, right? Or what oh, was your, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. still, are you still currently a pediatrician? Or are you just doing sleep? Yeah, no, I'm still I'm still doing both. I'm still hanging on to to my clinical practice for as long as I can. I really do love what I do as a pediatrician. That in my mind was what I thought I would always do. I decided to be a pediatrician when I was six years old. Um, But then sleep, yeah, I know sleep came into the picture, and I'm so in love with it as well. So right now, (laughs) I'm I'm somewhat balancing both while kind of slowly. It's a balancing act, and I mean, I think Mm -hmm. you know why give up one passion if you can do both, right? (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so I want to ask the question that everybody debates on. This, this, there's so many answers. Like I've heard a million different answers to this question. But how many hours of sleep do you really think an adult needs a night? Yeah, yeah, that is a question I get all the time, and my <laughs> answer is it depends. And the reason it for depends. that, is, I love that. Yeah, you know, it's always one of those doctor answers. But the reason that it depends is because mm-hmm. I like to say sleep need is like shoe size. There's no one size fits all. <laughs> Right. Yes. So everyone has heard the seven to eight hour recommendation. And while that's Correct. true on average, that is an average. That's some people an average. Will need less. Some people will need more. Personally, I need nine hours of sleep to feel rested. Okay. Plain and simple. We're the same. Seven hours, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Eight hours, I'm okay, but like definitely not optimal. Nine hours is that sweet spot. So yeah. if I were trying to get the seven hours because I was recommended, I will be constantly functioning in a deficit. So yeah. I, I think it's important for people to determine what their sleep need is, what mm-hmm. they need to function optimally throughout the day. And that range is really closer somewhere between six to 10 hours for most people. Yeah. And I think it's about being intuitive to your body and its cues and what it's telling you i have an aura ring are you familiar we probably are very okay i don't have it on right this moment i actually just wear it at night as of now um because i don't know i feel like it's not the it's i should have sized it differently so i'm a little worried i'm gonna like you know lose it but oh my gosh what it's taught me about you know my habits i thought i was a healthy individual and then i realized oh wait what is this sleep score of a 67 one day i'm not okay with this <laughs> and it's kind of humbling but it's yeah. like wait a minute you know the way my day went yesterday really impacted my rem cycle and really impacted my heart rate variability and yeah. it's actually i just got the phone to a client i said like she was like needing some help with her sleep and i was like it's ironic i'm having a sleep doctor on the podcast but i was like get an order ring buy yourself one for Christmas because you know knowledge is power and I think it's important I love what you said about the hours of sleep though because again like our bodies are also different and I just want to say like what somebody feels like they can get by with is not like that's not optimal and And I'm sure you can elaborate I've seen a lot of your reels they're amazing Mm -hmm. I see that you're you're very passionate about sleep and so you know yeah, I, I just feel like people need to understand that it's not just about getting by. Like you said, seven hours for you is not going to cut it. And mm-hmm. I'm about the seven, eight hour, I, nine hours is fantastic. Like I could write a whole book and record three podcasts in a day and be a mom and, you know, juggle, juggle the world with nine hours of sleep. <laughs> doesn't always happen um sure. did not happen last night my daughter loves to come do you, in our room do you have kids yet I, I don't know not yet 
Yeah. They're in my room. They're in our room all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I thought we graduated. You're a pediatrician. I'm like, I thought we graduated from, we did all the sleep training and now you're back in our beds. <laughs> but I'm like, it's a whole other level of sleep training when they become toddlers and they can actually move and things exactly, like that. Exactly. But they're so cute. Thing. I'm like, all right, come on in, whatever. Um, but yeah, one thing that impacted me and I wanted you to get your opinion on it is, you know, magnesium has been a game changer. So adding in magnesium, but removing alcohol, what are your mm-hmm. takes on like, I, you know, I, I, it's not that I'm a hundred percent on anything when it comes to like, I will never touch it, but really, truly my body does not thrive. And I don't sleep well after a margarita. What are your takes? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, is that how you, do you feel the same about alcohol? Like that it's based on the person or do you have a, a, you know, an opinion on it? in general. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I want to speak to magnesium. I actually love magnesium. I take it every single night. Magnesium yep. glycinate. I think it's one of the best supplements. I spray and it on my body too. Yeah. Yes. I have like the lotions and all. Anyways, I love magnesium. <laughs> all the so magnesium. I, I am with you on there. But yeah, so alcohol, the thing about alcohol is a lot of people will drink alcohol or have a nightcap because initially it is a sedative, meaning it will make you sleepy. The problem is that it's metabolized very quickly. And then after that becomes a stimulant. So you're yeah. more likely to have disrupted, broken, poor quality sleep, less REM sleep when you drink alcohol too close mm-hmm. to bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you said, they're, they're not absolute. You can definitely still enjoy um, a glass of wine or so, but we yeah. just recommend doing it at least three to four hours before bed and That's understanding it, it, that the more you drink and the closer to bedtime, the more it, it will likely mm. affect it. So you want well, to we Right. Exactly. Food, Limited, alcohol, uh, everything uh, before bed. Yeah. We need that exactly. gap. Allow your body to kind of wind down and get prepared for sleep as opposed to still be digesting things and doing all the other things. So yeah, absolutely. That's true. And caffeine, you know, I have a love hate relationship with it. So I always do my one cup of coffee in the morning. I tell my clients again, be intuitive. I have some clients that can't handle any, any caffeine, like their heart just races. Thank God I can do my cup in the morning and before noon, like I'm done with caffeine, but do you, do you drink coffee? How's your, what's your take on that stimulant? (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, I would say coffee and my husband knows it. So it's okay. Coffee is like the love of my life. And then my husband (laughs) is coffee. <laughs> well, you went through residency on top of that, 80 hours a week. I can imagine yeah. a little bit of Java was included in yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. From espressos, right? So I think it's great. So like, it's one of my favorite things to do. And for me, it's more of the... Um, the routine of it than anything else. You just have to drink responsibly is what I say. So (laughs) (laughs) caffeine has a long half-life of about five hours, meaning it takes five hours for half the amount you consume to be Mm -hmm. excreted from your system. Um, So if you, even if you had a cup at, you know, let's say noon, but it had 400 milligrams of caffeine, then at five, you still have 200 milligrams. And at 10 PM, you still have a hundred milligrams in your system. Um, And depending on how sensitive you are, like you said, some people like my husband will drink a sip and he's jittery all day. (laughs) That is going to stay in his system longer than say me. It actually doesn't really affect me as much now. So I recommend definitely enjoying. I love a good cup of coffee, but trying to limit the amount you consume to the lowest necessary dose. Meaning if a hundred gives you that boost that you need, then drink it milligrams instead of 400 and then cut right. it off so not to have it afternoon if you can uh, okay so I want to pick your brain on why you think sleep is pushed to the side and so I'm I'm in the holistic world of you know like we believe that health is not just one size fits all it's a, like an onion there's so many layers to health it's your people you're surrounding yourself with it's the toxins in your you know that you come into contact with it's the food it's your sleep but I feel like it's if sleep is pushed to the side as like I've seen some very healthy individuals like 
that is the first thing to go. And including myself, I used to be really guilty of this. Like I would, you know, eat super organic and get my workout in and all of that. But I would be willing to sacrifice sleep until I realized truly the difference when I would really prioritize it, like what it did for my mental health. But why do you think we live in a culture that is okay sacrificing something that is so essential? Yeah, you know, I think it's twofold. So I think the first part is people don't understand how essential it is, right? So people think, oh, I just need sleep because it'll make me feel rested, but then I'll just drink some cup of coffee and then I'll be fine. (laughs) And so they think that that it's okay to kind of substitute that and that's all there is to it. Not understanding how much sleep actually plays a role in every facet of your mental and uh, physical health. So I think that's a big part. And then we just live in this hustle and grind society that tries to squeeze so much more out of you in every waking minute. Mm -hmm. And people feel like they have to always be producing and always be doing and, and sleep makes them lazy because they could be up doing other things and not understanding that sleep actually makes you more productive and more efficient and more in everything you do in everything that you do so you're actually investing in your sleep is investing in being better during your waking hours but people don't really understand that I will say there's I'm starting to see a, a shift yeah. in culture where people are starting to be like okay there's something to this or, like the aura the aura and, ring and things like that coming yes, out exactly yeah. so we're, we're starting to understand but I think there's so much more education needed to yeah. really unravel this hustle and grind society that I all oh, sleep when I die and like all those things that are <laughs> and you so, might die you know, sooner so yeah that is literally what I say I'm like uh, you might be closer uh you know not to scare you to death if you're not true. sleeping well and it's just really well, true you really need I to like, sleep I talk about autophagy a lot. Like that's how when our body cleans out when we're asleep, you know, and our mitochondria literally resets. And I I used to have horrific hormonal imbalances. That's a whole nother podcast for another day. But one pivoting factor for me was sleep, was the fact that I had to get enough sleep to carry a pregnancy. Like I know it impacted my hormones. I know just to feel state saying as a mom, but before that, even like I, my hormones, my menstrual cycle was a wreck until I really started prioritizing sleep, which is when your hormones reset. And I think like we don't give it enough credit and it's like, I, I, yeah, so I'm going to be really nosy, but I like to be practical. And I want you to share like a little tidbit of your life. If you don't mind, you're a busy lady. How yeah. do you manage? Okay. I, I'm actually jealous of this nine hours of sleep you're getting over here because I got it over Thanksgiving <laughs> break, but now I'm back to seven, seven and a half. I'm, I'm not thrilled with it, but it's just working mom life. I really do want to know, like, how do you manage? What time do you go to bed? Uh, what are you really disciplined with that helps you get those nine hours? Yeah. So I obviously, I mean, it's sleep sessions. I really, really prioritize my sleep. And it's so funny. My husband like makes fun of me all the time. He's actually a person who needs closer to six and a half hours. So wow. I go to sleep before him and wake up after him. Yeah. Our sleep okay. we're just very different in that way. However, he, if he's like, Hey, let's uh, stay up and watch this movie. Yeah. Actually, like it's I am so Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. I would much rather sleep than do that. Everyone in my family knows that. So I think first of all, it's making it a priority mm-hmm. and not just saying it's a priority, but like putting action behind it. So there are very few things that I would do that would extend my bedtime if it's time for me to go to sleep. Now I still enjoy life. So every once in a while, if there's a party or gathering, yeah, yeah. I'll do that before the day to day. I'm going yeah. to bed. I usually am in bed by about nine or I'm sorry, about 10. And then I wake up at seven and I start to wind down about nine-ish, nine, nine, 15. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I look forward to sleep. I look forward to my bedtime <sighs> routine. Like it, so many people view sleep as like, oh, now I have to stop doing things I enjoy, like mm. watching TV. I love sleep. Listen, sleep. there's, I have a yeah, great relationship with it. I just don't get enough of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I, I mean, I so do, but me, I don't, you know? Yeah. And so for me, and it's like, you know, I am, I work in clinic and I have, I run a full-time business and I yes. work out five days a week and I meal prep and I do all the things. Now I don't have children yet. So I understand <laughs> I can start originating. I mean, it, it's I, very doable. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very busy. However, I prioritize and make time for the things that are important to me. So yeah. sleep is just one of those things. So I, what I, this way that I start my day is I have these nine hours that I'm setting aside for sleep. Okay. okay now I have the rest of these hours to decide yeah. what else needs to be done during that time. So I yeah. literally start my day with sleep in mind. And that's like a non-negotiable unless it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. everything else falls into place. And I'm so much more productive and I actually get so much more done since I started living that way than yeah. before when it was like okay let me just I can't go to sleep because I have all these notes to do and whatever yeah it's so much longer to do those things so now I'm like no the sleep is non-negotiable everything else will have to fall into well, it's place black and white night and day once you discover and you do it yourself you you experience it for yourself you're like there's no going back and I'm a big strategic planner I tell every single client like if you, you might have the best intentions of the world to eat better or care for your body, but if you don't plan for it, like you talked about sleep, it's not going to happen. And so I actually, every day map out my morning. As soon as I wake up, I map out my day. I'm sorry. And sleep is, you know, I have on there, like go to bed. Like I literally write down that. And that might sound so silly, but it's like, that's me being accountable to myself. Um, I mean, and I, yeah. And at night it comes down to me, like making sure my kids are in bed at a good time. So I feel like I have a break. There's like things I have yeah. to do to mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I feel like I have to take a break at night. I can, I've never been one of those people that can work, work, work all day and go to sleep. I need mm-hmm. a power and not power hour. I need an hour to unwind power hours in the morning, mm-hmm. but I need an hour in the morning mm-hmm. to just like at the evening, I'm sorry to unwind. But yeah. it's like, I, I have to sometimes catch myself to say, Laura, like, I know you're into this book, but put it down. Um, that mm-hmm. goes into my next question. So I, my guilty pleasure is I love to read on a device. No, it's not a book. I know the blue light. I have the red light glasses. I don't like wearing them. So I have a block on my phone, like a, like a red LED light block on my phone. What do you think about like reading a Kindle or on your phone before you go to bed? Like for me, I sleep well, I'm getting good sleep scores. What's your take on that? Let me first start by saying that reading is an excellent activity to having your uh, bedtime routine in general. There have actually been studies done on reading that they really help, reading really helps to relax you and to distract your thoughts from like anxious thoughts that might otherwise be keeping you up. So reading is an excellent thing to add to your bedtime routine. Now, um, when it comes to the blue light, of course, it's not ideal before bedtime, um, but it's kind of this balance and what works for you. So I think uh-huh. if you need to use like your phone or Kindle, like you said, having the blue light filters on, having the, if you yeah. can even wear the glasses on top of that and like the amber colored ones that take right. some. Right, I should, I know, I'll get, filters yeah, you're motivating me. I will go pull this back out, okay? <laughs> but I think it's great to have that as a part of your routine. You just have to do it in a way that works for you. I think there are all of these things and sleep hygiene rules and, and um, things that are good for sleep, but you also have to make it practical for your life. And if you yeah. know these things, but you're not going to do it because it doesn't work, then what is that really it's about doing? Practicality. You know? so right. It's about practicality I think... and really trying to implement it in a way that works for you. Now I can never be on social media before bed. That always wires me. So it's like when it yeah. comes to sleeping well, um, and it's hard, you know, we both run businesses and we're on social like media, but uh, books are great for me. And it's just one it. of those things where I was like, oh, I've always felt guilty about the, you know, the blue light, but I just, um, you know, it's something like I'm still getting good sleep scores. And like, you're right. It takes my anxiety and it puts it to the side. So, um, but I wanted to ask you about naps because I have seen a couple of your reels. Um, I know you were on Dr. Phil's show talking about, I think you were talking about naps there too, or sleep, you know, some type of 
something to do with sleep and naps. And I wanted to pick your brain on that. Like, um, what is your take on that? Because you know what's so crazy is you get so many different answers from different sources. Like you'll hear, don't ever nap. It's going to wreck your sleep. And then you'll hear a power nap is fantastic for you. Um, what is your take on that? So anyone who's ever heard me speak, if you look at my page, knows that yeah. I am in love with naps. I, I had a nap today. I love to any day that I have like a non-clinical day, I'm napping. I think they're excellent. Again, just like with the caffeine and the alcohol, you have to nap responsibly. So there are ways to do it. <laughs> Okay. Like it doesn't impact your sleep. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get so a good power nap helps improve your energy, mental clarity, motivation, productivity, all of those things without interfering with your sleep. Mm -hmm. However, it should be a short nap. So I've actually trained myself. I don't even set an alarm. I wake up about 20, 25 minutes after I nap. Like it just is what it really? is. Mm -hmm. I always That's nap awesome. around the same time, around 11 to 12 to noon. Okay. Um, and then like either 11 hour or the 12 hour, I always wake up 20, 25 minutes after that. You want to not nap longer than 30 minutes because you risk falling into the deeper stages of sleep correct, and wake up right. with I sleep inertia, yeah. which is that, uh -huh. that groggy, disoriented feeling that you get. For some people that can take up to a couple hours to go away. And then it kind of yeah. negates the point of the nap in the first place. Right. And you don't want to nap after 3 PM typically because that can steal from your sleep drive. So your sleep drive has been building up all day. When you nap too long or too late, right. you steal from that such that it can make it difficult to fall asleep and at I, night. So and I, yeah, I have heard the 30 minute thing. I did know that, but I didn't know. Okay. So not, so not past 3 PM. That's good to know. That's yeah. really good. Um, because I'll be real. What I like to do is before I pick up my kids on a non-clinical, like on a day that I'm here is like 20 minutes before on, honestly, when we get off this interview, <laughs> I'll go lay down. <laughs> I do like a 20 minute. I take my red led like light mask, uh, my face mask. Mm -hmm. And I just like, like, I don't really fall asleep, but I definitely like closing my eyes and resting totally recharges, like recharges me literally. And I yeah. feel so good. And it's like, I'm a better person. <laughs> I'm a better human. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm much better. E even if I get my full, like I slept for eight hours and 40 minutes last night, whatever, but getting my 20 minute nap that just like, I'm at peak energy, peak performance. Yeah. After so my nap. Yeah. So obviously like, I know you work with primarily children in the, with the, you know, your pediatrician, but like what? what testimonials have you seen people? Cause I, I have an autoimmune condition. I talked to a lot of clients that have all kinds of crazy things going on in their body, pain stuck in random places in their body. Like, and it's so cool to see healing occur when we just give our body the right tools. Can you share like any, what is the, one of the coolest things you've experienced or seen from somebody like taking charge of their sleep? What healing have you seen occur? Yeah. Yeah. So I do, I work with children in clinic, but in terms of sleep, I really primarily work with Every, adults. Adults. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I had a client very recently who had been struggling with insomnia for 11 years and she just felt that she couldn't, like she was broken. Like I can't, I don't have the ability to sleep. Like I've tried, this is just how life is. And so I took her through mm -hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. And by the end of yeah, it, just it like, the amount of, um, appreciation she had like she sent me this whole long like soliloquy, you know like you have changed my life you gave me back hope you gave me all these things and I think that's what people understand like sleep is it's not just feeling rested or even just the physical benefits sure she felt that she now had control over her life in a way that she didn't beforehand she felt that wow. things were out of control she had all of this anxiety all mm -hmm. of this stress every day sleep was a battle it was something she wasn't looking forward to she wasn't modeling great uh, right. sleep behavior for her children and she felt that they were suffering from something it really trickled in it trickled into every area of her life every that's area, amazing every area. and it, I, it was amazing 
I know for me having like lupus antibodies and used to break out in horrible psoriasis rashes um, years ago, like it wasn't until I let my body have the time it needed to really sleep, like to that yeah. they started clearing up and it was crazy to witness. Like it didn't matter what I did cream wise or what I changed. It wasn't really until sleep. And I did combine that with red LED light therapy, but like really sleep, I noticed my body was just more resilient in so many mm -hmm. ways. I was getting mm -hmm. sick less often. My depression yeah. and anxiety really improved. And I mean, we can't have the same amount of serotonin and dopamine, you know, in our body if we're not giving our body a chance to reset, you know, our cortisol is going to remain elevated. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's insane. So what test would you recommend if somebody like right now is like, I'm dealing with horrific insomnia. What would you ask them to ask their doctor? Like, what can they do? Can you give somebody like that's listening? That's like, I cannot sleep to save my life. Can you give them some pointers, like some basic pointers that just to help them get going with 2024 on the right, right note? Yeah. Yeah. So I first start by saying most sleep issues, especially when it comes to insomnia, are there's no like quick fix, right? It's breaking down the 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 maladaptive thoughts and behaviors surrounding sleep and that sleep uh anxiety and that broken relationship with sleep. However, definitely see your medical provider. I like to empower people to understand mm -hmm. that you deserve to sleep. And if you're not, <laughs> especially if you're trying, you think you're doing all the right, right things, just like if you had a broken leg or something else, you go go see your medical provider because you deserve Don't to settle. Sleep. Don't settle and don't settle for prescription sleep medications because most of the time Woo! that's not the answer either, right? We're not so fixing we, the root cause that way, yeah. Exactly. We think about deficiencies that can contribute to poor sleep. Iron deficiency can contribute to poor sleep. Vitamin D deficiency is a huge one. And there are mm -hmm. so many people who are deficient in vitamin D and don't know it. So I would look into those things. Um, not necessarily a magnesium deficiency because that doesn't often show up in the lab. It does not because it's, it's not in our supplement. serum levels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you're not going to go and necessarily have a magnesium deficiency diagnosed, but most of us are not consuming enough in our diet. So think about your dietary intake of magnesium. Um, but then there are also sleep disorders. If you're snoring, think about mm -hmm. obstructive sleep apnea. Like there are mm -hmm. so many different things. The first thing is right. going to get help. And those deficiencies are the biggest ones when it comes to sleep. Okay. That's good. That's really just helpful just for somebody listening. And if you could tell people right now to like, break up with one habit that you see half, like you see a lot of the culture doing, what would that be? What is one toxic habit, sleep habit you see? Oh, one toxic one. Not, um, this is, I guess not a habit, but it's something people lack is having a bedtime routine or a sufficient wind down routine. I think that is so underrated in terms mm. of sleep. And especially as adults, we sit on our phone all day or television all day. And they were like, okay, let's turn the lights off and go to sleep. And your mind and body are so can't wound up. up from that. You can't catch up. So like mm. give yourself, even if it's 30 minutes of yeah. time where you are not engaging on social media, not watching chat, like something mm -hmm. that just pours into you and your spirit and calms you. Reading is an excellent way to do that. Like yeah. I said, but something that gives you that transition from the yeah. day to the bedtime will make such a huge difference. Well, I'm a huge morning routine person and bedtime routine person. Um, So I just know like neuroplasticity is everything. Your brain takes notice of the habits yeah, that you do 100%. day in and, and day out. And I think, like you said, we just like when we have that routine, our body's like, wait a minute, I, I get this. I remember this. We're supposed to calm down. We're supposed to relax. Tell me about your business, Sleep Solutions LLC. What exactly, what do you do? 
Like I yeah, know so it's, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of two prongs. So I work with individuals mostly who have chronic insomnia through cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. So I do one-on-one consultations and I also have an online course based on that. Yeah. Next year, I plan on launching a group course just so that I can kind of, you know, uh, provide value to more people, but I also do corporate consulting. So really, I I realized that how and where we work has such a huge impact on how we sleep and then vice versa. Mm. And so I really wanted to come and meet people where they were and Mm. tell people to understand that I know for them being productive at work and making money and all those things are the biggest motivators, but actually you need good sleep in order to perform optimally in all those areas. So I come into corporations and say, hey, this is really actually important for your overall uh, performance and functioning and and health. Let's talk about how to improve your sleep right where you are in terms of work. So I do. That's amazing. Uh, both of those and this is on. your company. Like you, mm-hmm. you founded it. You yeah. must, you must be really like proud of yourself. I hope you're proud of yourself. You've accomplished a lot. Um, oh, Dr. You. Phil, that's amazing. <laughs> I love you. his show. Last question I have for you is sunlight. So we are in the um, time of the year where, you know, there's less of it. Um, and the research I've always done is always pointing me towards the importance of exposing ourselves to natural sunlight within an hour. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that just to the audience of how you feel we need how important it is to incorporate natural sunlight. So important, so important. So that's the other thing that people don't do. They wait until nighttime to start thinking about sleep, but sleep runs on a 24-hour cycle, whether mm-hmm. you realize it or not. And exposing yourself to natural light first thing in the morning is the best way to entrain your circadian rhythm. Now, I'm in Chicago in the Midwest. Sometimes <laughs> when I wake up now, there is no sunlight and some people have a similar experience. So I actually use a, ther- a light uh, therapy box yep, in the morning. I have one. I'm getting mm-hmm. ready to help simulate that so that I still get that exposure when the sun is not out. So there are glasses, there are light boxes. So I would say if you're someone who lives where there is no sun in the winter time, <laughs> that you're, you're yeah. waking up before the sun rises, still use that because that really helps to set your circadian rhythm to know when morning time is, when to shut off melatonin, improve and increase serotonin production and stimulate melatonin production at night. So it's actually so many functions that natural light is supposed to do you have do you believe you have to actually physically be like out in the sunlight? Like if you know, do you get the same benefits like you said in a room like this one where it have huge windows, um, like just being exposed and seeing it? Or do you feel like you need to actually be out in it with the sunlight touching your actual skin? So you're going to benefit the most from actually being out in sunlight. You th- right. The luck uh, of the light is significantly decreased with, you know, windows and whatever. However, sure. there still is benefit. So, you know, okay. not everyone can go on a morning walk in the mornings. I, yeah, you know, I, I know. In a perfect but world. Opening, yeah. Right. In a perfect world, open those blinds nice and wide if there's sunlight sitting next to the window while you do your morning routine or using the the uh, light therapy boxes is a next best way to next do that. Best. If you can't okay. outside. Yeah. And then the same goes with, tuning toning toning down the lights at night turning down turning off the lights excuse me (laughs) and right like dimming the light it's something I try to do after dinner like all throughout the house we have a Mm -hmm. fireplace going and I try to just keep it really like calm cool calm and collected around here and yeah we keep the lights off is that do you feel like that really helps as well yeah it does. And most people are aware of like the blue light from electronics, right? Yes. Blue sure. light has a strongest alerting effect on your circadian rhythm, but all of the overhead lights do as well. Studies show mm. that this normal room lighting could delay your melatonin release by up to 90 minutes. Okay. And we exist in those lights right until the time to go to sleep. So a couple hours before bed, dimming the lights, using table side lamps, using red light um, can actually be helpful right before bed to this stimulate is what melatonin. I, so that's what I do. Yeah. I actually find it helps me sleep deeper. And that's actually yeah. how I nap. If I want to nap, 
and mm-hmm. I use my mask, I can settle in. Without it, yeah. I don't really fall like fall asleep, but I can totally sleep if I want to, if I just use the LED light. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 And one last question for you is melatonin. Okay. So my children have never been the most fantastic sleepers. There's a reason there's a gap between them. Um, we'll just put it that way. My daughter <laughs> did not sleep through the night till she was over a year old. Um, and it's just was really hard on me. So when our kids got a little older, our pediatrician was like, you can use the melatonin gummies and all of that. And I was always hesitant, but when like, if we're on vacation and they can't settle down or certain, the babysitters here, you know, we occasionally use it. Do you feel like melatonin in its right place is okay for adults and children, or are you against it? What is your take on melatonin? Yeah, I think melatonin has its uses and for the reasons that you mentioned. So if you're traveling, <laughs> you're at a different time zone, yeah. melatonin can definitely be helpful. If, you, if you've been on break, like vacation or summer yeah. vacation, you've been staying up later and now you have to adjust back to a we normal We just got back from Disney World time. just to like play yeah. the picture. So yeah. <laughs> it's helpful to kind of give yourself a reset, but then yeah. you want to engage in behaviors that uh, improve your natural melatonin release around that time. So a short course of low dose melatonin in the right situations is super helpful like one um, milligram not, right like one milligram. even for adults one mil- when i yeah. take melatonin i take 0.3 micrograms like oh I take, is that I a thing a very... i didn't know you could even get it that low wow <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um i take a very low dose because that's actually more physiologic um okay. than the like three milligrams five milligrams you don't need that much but yes it can be helpful in the right situations okay i just want to know well thank you so much can you tell everybody like where to find you, what type of things you offer. I know I already follow you and I love your feed, but like, can you share what you share just so they can know what to expect on your page and where to find more info about you? Absolutely. So the best place to find all the information about me is my website, thesolutionissleep.com. Um, it has links to my social media where I try to be entertaining slash educational there. Yes, I love um, your reels. Well, <laughs> thank you. As well as a link to my book website, Sleeping on the Job, or where I really, again, break down how sleep and work really have this, uh, uh, you know, interconnected relationship and how to improve yes. your work and sleep life. Um, and then my LinkedIn, I try to be a little bit more long form and educational, but my website, thesolutionissleep.com would have all the information. And I have a free, free, free uh, seven days to better sleep guide that you can grab there as well. And your book is wherever books are sold. It came out recently, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been about four or no, about three months now. So still, congratulations still from yeah, one author you. to another. I know the work that goes into writing a book and putting <laughs> its heart and soul. And speaking of not sleeping, I did not. I had a lot of trouble sleeping while writing my books because I would lay down at night and then a something would pop about into me. my head. I would have to yeah, pop up yeah. and go write it on my com- you know, type it on my computer. So kudos to you. You're amazing. Yeah. Um, thank, thank you for being so such much. a beautiful example of what health really looks like as a, you know, in the whole picture, you know, and just bringing awareness to an area of health that a lot of us, even the healthy individuals like myself will push, push aside and really we shouldn't be. So thank you for bringing awareness to how important it is. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I hope you have a beautiful Christmas. I hope to have you back on the show in the future. Seriously. I think we could never talk about sleep enough. Like we need to keep talking about it. So <laughs> thank you for being here. Are you have a podcast as well. Am I right? No, I just do a lot of podcasts. Oh, you do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> okay. I was like, this girl, she's everywhere. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Bell for coming on. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait till this airs and um, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much, friends, for joining me today for another episode on the Live Healthy with Laura podcast. 
I hope something I said today encouraged you to care for your body, your mind, and your spirit in a way that will allow you to feel your best and have the energy you need to show up the way you want to in this world and make an impact. If something I said today did resonate with you, would you do me a favor and share it with others on your social media and tag me at live underscore healthy underscore with underscore Laura or copy and paste this podcast link and send it to a friend via text. It's my mission to help change the world for the better and I'm hoping you will feel inspired to do it alongside me. And if you like these episodes and are interested in learning more about the Live Healthy with Laura lifestyle, then check out my website at www.livehealthywithlaura.com for lots of blog posts and healthy recipes created by yours truly. Lastly, you can also check out the three books I have written now available wherever books are sold. Thank you so much, friends, once again for being here, and I cannot wait to talk to you next Monday.